0: thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and
1: welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Lawrence and I'm joined by...
0: This is Dan. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome back after a little short hiatus due to planned holiday absences. How are you today?
0: I'm okay. How are you?
1: Yes, I'm quite well. uh, We've both had a little break, haven't we? Um, Yes. Well, to be fair, I didn't have much for a break. I went on a stag do and I think you had a little break though.
0: Yes, I had a week in Scotland, and I know you've got some more time coming up soon.
1: Yes, I'm going to South Korea on uh, next Wednesday, so a week today. Um, ah, yes. I know that. So that'll be nice, won't it?
0: Kept that from me.
1: Yes, well, I can't be telling you my international plans, because then you might so foil them. what
0: are you doing in South Korea? What's your reason for going?
1: Um, Just, you know, just to have a nice South Korean time. Um. I'm going over for one of my old housemates' weddings, uh, someone that I lived with when I was at drama school. Oh, yes,
0: you did tell me this, didn't you? Yes.
1: Um, So, yeah, going over there for just under a week, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I've never travelled out of Europe, but I'm not not looking forward to the the journey, uh, I'll be honest. Um, It's going
0: to be a long flight, but you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a complete... Um,
1: yes cultural change yeah. anyone anyone that listens to the podcast that doesn't know me personally uh, won't know that I'm I'm quite tall I'm six foot six and just doing short haul flights um, is difficult because of the leg room but I'm dreading long haul I've I've actually applied for premium economy upgrades just to pay a little bit extra for 50% more leg space but
0: yeah that'll help
1: yeah, I'm, I'm just going to dress up smart on the day and just see if I can schmooze away into getting a free business class seat, but we'll see. Um, but yes, it should be good. I'm I'm mostly looking forward to the food, to be honest, because I'm a big fan of Asian food. So,
0: yes. Do you have anything planned for your trip?
1: No, I've got the wedding. Um, and <laughs> Other than the wedding? The, just, just the wedding, and then I'm going to sit in my room, I think. Um, no, because I'm going on my own, I'm just kind of going to play it by ear. I think a, a couple of the days the wedding party are going to, like, you know, do touristy things, which I'll tag along to, because I think that's probably the best way for me to to see things with people that already know it. But I think a lot of it, I'm just going to play it by ear and just, you know, I might wake up one day and say, I'm going to go over here today or, or do this or do that. But I want to go do and see know,
0: it. Do you have um, people that you know uh, also going to the wedding?
1: Yes, but not for the length of time that I am. So for the first couple of days, I think I'm on my own. Okay. Um, but... It'll be fine. I've, I've been told um, that I should prepare myself for being stopped in the street for photographs um, because of my height. I don't know how true that is, but I've been told um, that... Who, who said that? Um, so, one of my friends who's been to Japan yeah, and then someone else who's been to South Korea, but like 10, 15 years ago. So I don't know how true that holds. Um,
0: well, so, so I... Anyone that well, listeners of the podcast probably won't know. So, I, I, um, I was in Vietnam for almost a year teaching. <laughs> the,
1: the, the way that you phrase that, so I was in Vietnam, the, the war.
0: <laughs> I was in the war in Vietnam. Um, yes. So you, you may you may get stopped. I think it will be a combination of your heights and just being a Westerner. Um, but the i was expecting the same thing when i went to vietnam and they um the the kids there are are really a lot taller than you'd think some of them are way over six foot so yeah it's uh i think the world is growing taller
1: yes quite we'll we'll see if i make any tall friends over there but uh yeah it, it should be good i'm looking forward to it um but in the meantime, we have a uh, we have a game to talk about uh today. Yes, we do. So today we are going to be talking about Disco Elysium Final Cut. So Disco Elysium originally came out in 2019, but with the Final Cut releasing in 2021. Um the version that we're talking about from Metacritic is the PC version of Final Cut, which uh, developed by Za or Za slash M. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Um, but it has a score of 97. And as this is one of the additional games that's been added to the list since we finalised our list in like May, June time 2020, this has been a an addition since then. And I know we're not really keeping track of where they place in the list because obviously it will mean a lot of jiggery-pokery with moving our list around. But if we were counting this in the initial top 100 this game would come in at number nine so it's it's in the top 10 and it's uh, you know it's with quite quite high uh, quite high competition I suppose so firstly I will suggest I don't know how in depth we're going to go into this discussion because you and me haven't really talked about this game much since you completed it um, but I will issue a potential trigger warning in this episode because it does touch and... on some quite heavy topics, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, also a spoiler warning because yeah. this game cannot be discussed without going into what this game is and what this game does.
1: Correcto. So, yes, trigger warning, spoiler warning given. So, firstly, what's your history with this game?
0: Not not much, really. I'd, I'd heard... I think when it first came out on um, PC, I'd heard there was uh, some conversation around it and I didn't really have um, any experience, even even looking at the game. I, I, I'd i since seen screenshots of it, I knew kind of what it was and it was a, a, a story-based, character-driven game. Um, I didn't really know what the themes were gonna be. Um, I knew of it from you because I knew that you'd enjoyed it a few times, but I bought it at Christmas, um, bought a physical copy of it ready for the podcast, and yeah, it was quite a new experience for me.
1: So for me, this game came onto my radar probably in 2019 or maybe early 2020, not long after it released, um, because quite a lot of streamers, YouTubers, game reviewers were, were, were raving about it, and I know in particular Jim Sterling was um, one of the people that was you know, quite heavily praising it. So I played this for the first time in March 2021 um, when I played it on my Switch when I went to Scotland for my mum's birthday. Um, and I'd, I think I'd started it, as is the case with all of the games that I play. I'd started it but maybe fell off. But then I thought, all right, I'm going to take my Switch with me and long car journey, I'll, I'll play it in the car. And uh, I played it a bit while I was in Edinburgh, and I, I finally completed it on the on the way back in the back of the car. Um, and since then, I've played it again about three months ago, uh, but I got a copy on the PS5, so I played that. And then I played it again for this podcast, where, again, I played it on the PS5. Uh, where, where did you play it for this? I played run? it on the Switch. Yeah, I thought you would. And did you did you run into any of the issues that I mentioned because there were there were a few bugs when I played it in 2021 with the um I think um, crashes a lot of it's
0: been ironed out. I had a single crash during my whole playthrough. Um and that was it. The, okay. some of the load times are a touch long, but yes, it really functions fairly well now on the Switch. It's a good little um, Switch
1: game as well, isn't it? It's one of those games that you yeah. think is made for the Switch really.
0: Yeah, this is a game that I really wanted to play on the Switch. I, Switch, I did. I, I, I know, you you could probably play this on the big screen no problems, but yeah, this to me is a game that uh, I I was because I was away, so I'd just sit there. Oh well, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd play about an hour before we went out. Then I'd um, get back in the evening and I'd play a couple of hours, and and that's how I uh, got through this game, and it was perfect for that vacation period
1: yeah um, I, I ideal I, I i see it as one of those games the way i see this game is it's quite a cozy game um it, it's one that I, I think you can kind of sit down and really you know lose yourself in i think um, it's easy
0: to play because there's no um combat no so. not really
1: the and, and that brings us quite um Quite well, on to the next section. Usually, we say what's the story of this game, but firstly, I want you to to explain what this game is. What kind of game would you describe Disco Elysium as?
0: So, this is we've played a few um, CRPGs, which yep. was a, a term that I'd never heard of before. We played Baldur's Gate 2, and I kind of discovered it was a thing. Um, these weren't really my kind of games, and, and I think you were the same. Yeah. and this is a crpg like borders gate 2 but without the combat and because they've removed the combat they have focused very heavily on the plots on the characters on the themes on being a detective and the decisions that you can make and the branching trees that that can take you down um that's essentially what this game is it's a a branching path uh story driven dialogue heavy crpg i'd say
1: yes it's um it's definitely in the rpg category and a lot of the choices and decisions that you make in this game are based off dice rolls Um, and the dice rolls will be not entirely affected but depending what points you put into what skills and what thoughts will mostly uh, result in what dice rolls that you get for certain choices and you get a couple of different kinds of choices in this game you get choices that you can make that you can go back to and then you can get one-off choices that you can only ever try once um, but this is to some extent it feels like a bit of a point and click adventure although you do have full yeah, control over I the characters um, so what's what's the story you mentioned earlier that um, it's like a detective uh, story. So, what's the what What's the story of this game for anyone that I doesn't will,
0: know? I will briefly, because I'm sure we'll talk about some of the themes and characters in yep. a bit more detail anyway. So, I'll briefly go over the story. So, the story is you are in um, a fictional city called Um You are part of the Raccoon City Police Department. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're getting mixed up with.
1: Um, uh, you've been playing a bit too much Resident Evil Four remake, I haven't actually, you? I've just finished that as well.
0: Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're part of the RCM, the Revishol Citizens Militia. Yes, I think so. Um, And you have been tasked with solving a murder. So uh, you arrive, you uh, you, you wake up, you have obviously had either a rough or a a very good night, um, partying, drinking on your own, and you have lost your memory. And you're there to solve this murder, and you, you meet your partner, uh, Kim Katsuragi, and you see the body out in the, the yard behind the, the whirl in a rags, which is um, sort of a hotel. Café hotel, place. isn't it? Yeah, and, and this body's outside, out, out the back, uh, hanging from a tree. And you're...
1: It's been there for three days at the start of the game.
0: Yeah, so your task or not task is to try and uncover what's going on uh, with this body, what who who's killed this person, and you'll you'll quickly come to realize that revolutionary is kind of this melting pot of people, ideas, ideals, and you've got a a harbor union that's fighting against basically the government and Really, you can turn the tide in what happens in Riverdale. There's a there's a revolution that's possibly on the horizon, and it's it's very difficult to um, describe. But eventually, you will. Well, if you follow the sh- the the kind of laid out path for you, you will uncover who the murderer is. But you'll also um, go on various twists and turns, and you can probably wreck um, that. Path and not discover who the murderer is, and at the end of the game, along that um, straight and narrow path, it's decided uh, whether you would continue to be a an RCM officer or or not. Um, yeah, so that's really a quick summary of it. There's ton of stuff in between that, yeah um, which I'm sure we'll go over.
1: Yeah, the the game takes place over. About seven or eight days, but usually you'll you'll probably complete it within about five days, depending on how fast or yeah, slow that you five do things. Days, I think. Yeah, it's it, it took me about five, and I think at a push it took me six on my second playthrough when I was being a bit slower. Um, but yeah, like you said, this game is based on trying to find, well, uh, you know, work out a, a, a murder, um, but as well as that, piecing yourself back together. Um, you mentioned at yeah. the start that you're, you're joined by um, a lieutenant who is there to, to be your, your partner, um, Kim, and he, he's, um, he's designated to you because uh, the, the player character, the protagonist, has been in, um, in Martinez, which is the area in Revachol where the murder's taken place, for a good few days, and he's gone AWOL. Um, and Kim's sent there to kind of check in to see what the hell's going on and finds uh, that the player in a horrendous state. Like you said, he's lost his memory. He's been on I a huge. I think it
0: was also because it was a, a dual. Um, it was a dual investigation yeah. between two departments, and they were representatives of each department. Correct. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, uh, the way that this game pans out really depends on the way that you you play it, and I think. You'll 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 get similar endings to different people. You and me have had a similar endings. So we we talked about how the game ended for you, um, but then the second time I played it, I had a completely different ending to yeah. to the one that you had. And it all depends on the way that you play it and the decisions and the choices and the skills that you assign to your character. So, as we said, that there will be full spoilers through this, and I want to focus a little bit on the writing and the themes because this game. I think that the most standout element of this game is the writing. Um, I think some of the voice acting is very good as well, but the writing, particularly for the player character, um, who, as we said, spoilers, uh, is called Harrier Dubois or Harry Dubois. Um, and one of the tasks of the game is finding out... Or your Raphael. Or Raphael, whatever his yeah. <laughs> name is that he makes up. Um, but one of the tasks of the game is finding out who you are um, and working out how you got into the state that you are, i.e. waking up naked, not knowing your name, not knowing where your gun is, where your idea is, where anything is, and or piecing... You're a policeman, even. Yeah, yeah, you're just completely... You're completely screwed. And as the game progresses, you realise that, that Harry is quite a severely troubled individual, um, and you can aid him... In the way that you play the game, and you know, helping piece his life back together, or you can continue by taking drugs and drinking, and you know, not aiding his recovery. Um, but yeah, in terms of the writing, what what are you? What were your main thoughts with the writing of this game? Because there are so many different elements to take into consideration. You know, you've got the different elements of Harry himself. So you've got the choices that you make, and the the, the, the the conversations that you choose to have, but as well as that, you've got different elements to his psyche, i.e. the ancient reptilian brain that lives in his head that is basically telling him to just give up and go back into nothingness. You have his limbic system all fighting with each other to, you know, choose and try and, I don't know, like, make you play a certain way, you know? What what are your thoughts on the writing of of the characters, and particularly for Harry?
0: Well, first of all, I wanted to say that I haven't entirely made my mind up about this game, so no. discussing the game today I think is going to help me to really um, come to terms with how I feel about this game, because it, it's not a game that you finish and you wrap up and it's done. It um, needs
1: a few playthroughs, I think.
0: And it's a it's a game that you, you go away and you think about, and because it's um, quite complex, it's there's, there's a lot of depth here. So in terms of the writing, um, it's quite different from a lot of games. And one of the ways that I would describe it is it it's almost like a play. And yeah. you could see this dialogue on a page in play form. I could see that very easily in my head. And we, we did, um, I know it was your favourite, uh, you loved it. In Your Face Theatre. Oh, absolutely and, great. <laughs> uh, and it reminds me, we, we actually, I, I really enjoyed some of the In Your Face Theatre stuff that we did uh, at university and it reminds me of some of those plays, some of the writing, it's very sharp, it's yeah. very dark, it's biting, it's not always beautiful and poetic, but it is sometimes. Yeah. Um, there are moments, There are there are flashes of that um so yeah it is well written and well translated because this game i believe is from uh slovenia
1: i think they're estonian
0: oh estonia that's it that's it yeah so it, it's been translated along the lines so it's a, it's a good translation and it's difficult to to pin down exactly a good way to describe the writing for me
1: yeah it's it's very it's very varied because it has to be in terms of the the kind of players that you're you're going to find like we i mentioned earlier this game has a skill-based system but it also has a thought-based system and basically as you go through the world you will have conversations with people that might spark a thought in your head and at that point, you have the choice to follow that thought through and make it become part of your personality, or you can totally ignore it. And we'll we'll come on to the characters a bit more later. But a, a good um, example of you know a character giving you a, a point to think on, and then you choosing whether or not you want to do that, is a character called Measurehead. Um, a Measurehead is kind of the muscle for the union. And he is the one stopping um, a lot of the workers, returning to work. He's in the way and he won't let people through. Um, and he is in your way to get through to speak to uh, the union leader, Everett Clare. And you can choose the easy way with Measurehead to get past him if you want, but you really give up a piece of yourself to do so and you, you'll change Kim Kutaragi's perception of you if you do, because Measurehead's is a, uh, a racist. And you have the choice if you want to go along with what Measurehead says and, you know, come up with nationalist views in your own head to A, get past Measurehead and be able to move on with the story faster, but in doing so you're kind of giving up a little bit of yourself. Or B, you you can just choose to play the game that way and, and Harry will be a racist if you want. And there are four kind of political thoughts that you can pick up through the game and they'll start to really sink in and seed in, I think on the third or fourth day. Um, And this links in with the writing because there's so much that had to be put into it, which is why I find the language and the the writing and the different things that you can just miss in this game. So impressive because they've written a storyline for if Harry wants to become a racist, if he wants to just become a moralist and, and, you know, stand, stand on the fence uh, he can become, I think he's a capitalist, and as well as that, you can become a communist and have communist um, thoughts and ideologies. And each branch of that, which you can choose or not choose to follow through, will completely change your perception, give you different um, speech choices and you know story choices that you can make, and will each give you not a different ending to the game, but will each lead to a different ending to that path. Um, and you know some of the the writing that links in with the the area design and the law of this world. There's so much to Revishall that is just there for you to find out. And I've played this game now three times, and there's still stuff that I've not discovered. Um, you know, like
0: yeah, it definitely feels like a world.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, the, the stuff that I've not really looked in on much in the past is um following through the the church side quest with the rave and how yeah. how that's linked with effectively like the end of the world and like a like a so weird yeah it's like a a skip in time that you can find there's that and then there's also finding out, out about the revolution and you know how the communists rose up and the Story between the two old men down by the beach playing bowls in this crater that was just you know smashed into to Martinez from the revolutionary days because this game takes place in it's not equivocally says 1951, but it's in 51 and you're led to believe that it's 1951. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine we'll we'll touch on the writing a bit more when we talk about the characters. Um, but moving to gameplay as king. Do you think that this game is fun in the way that it can be?
0: Uh, it's sometimes we have to deviate from this question a bit. Yeah. And I don't think the question with this game is is it fun? Um <laughs> I don't know what the question is, but did that, did you enjoy the... it, I suppose? Um i again I wouldn't describe it as enjoyment i was i was i i got hooked and I wanted to see what was going to happen. There were times when I was less hooked um what the game does is you you unlock part part of the story and then what it will do is it will pull back the curtain a little bit and you'll discover a little bit more and you'll pull back the curtain and there are there is some smoke and mirrors. There are some false endings. Yeah. Some times where you think you've hit the climax and you haven't. And there was a small period. Um, so at one point, you, uh, you're, you're about to make a group called the Hardy Boys confess. And it feels like quite an important moment. And it's quite emotionally powerful. And it turns out that they were covering for someone else. And you then get sent after this other person. And for a little while after that, my my let's say my enjoyment dipped a bit. Because I thought, okay, well, where's this going now? And it took me some time to um, get engrossed again. And yeah. I became engrossed again before the end. So that's a good word for it. Is this game engrossing? Yes, this game is engrossing. And when you step away from this game it's not a game that I thought about constantly but I would find my mind wandering and this game would come into my mind um, so yeah this game is engrossing um, I wouldn't describe it as fun but I wouldn't say that that's uh, a negative towards the game this game I don't think is designed to be fun in that way it's it's a heavy game
1: yes yeah it, it is very heavy and it sounds it's interesting because it sounds like, cause, I mean, you completed this, what, two,
0: two days ago, three days ago? Um, I completed it on Friday, maybe.
1: Okay, so four or five days. Um, it sounds like because you're still processing it and it sounds very similar to how I felt and how I was talking after we completed The Last of Us 2. Um, except the difference there was I completed that the day before the podcast or, or even the morning of, so I hadn't really processed it all yet. And this game is a lot to process, there's a lot to take in, um, depending on... I again, want to
0: come back to that Last of Us 2 comparison later on.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, did Did you have any favourite, maybe not favourite things to do, because again, this isn't that kind of game, this isn't really focused on the gameplay, it's more focused on the story beats and the the writing, but what did you have any favourite moments?
0: Um... I quite liked... So you start the game... If I'm speaking slowly, it's because I'm... <laughs> piecing, piecing it together. Yeah, but you start the game and you are in the the, the city of Revachol and it's suggested that there's more to this place than um, you can currently explore. And on day three, you open up this, this pathway across the river and you get a completely different location just across the river which is almost like countryside. It's not huge but that refreshes the game a bit because it's it's a new environment that yeah. feels very different and I think it's I'm not going to say it's easy for a game to do cities well or a game to do countryside well one or the other but I think it is challenging for de- developers to do both well and they both feel one feels like a city one feels like the countryside um two well realized different environments and i i feel like that was quite a a nice moment for me and if if we say there
1: are two main stories in this game there's the story of working out who committed the murder and there's a story of Harry working out who he is and what kind of person that, that he has been or is up to that point. Were there any side quests that really stood out to you that you, you quite enjoyed?
0: Um,
1: I, I, I can tell you quiet. about mine while you think about it, if you want.
0: Yeah, you tell me about yours. I've come back.
1: To so, you. um, I think it's on day two. Uh, day two or day three where you you can first pick this up but there's a woman that stood outside a um, a bookstore um, near oh, yeah, I know. William Rags and you can approach her and have a conversation and basically talk yourself up as a superstar detective again depending on what your personality is because you can be a sorry cop you can be a superstar cop uh, you could be a doomsday cop and all different kinds but you can talk yourself up and basically ask her if she needs anything solving and she's like no not really everything's fine until you push her to a point where she's like, well, my husband's been away for like a day. Like, if you're bored, you can go and find him if you want. And you don't really think much of it. And then as you explore further, um, when the, the second part of the map becomes open to you on the, on the third day, um, if you look around enough, you'll go to the end of a boardwalk and you'll find a dead body. Um, and it, it's not a body that you're there to find. It's just someone that you happen across. And it's, um, it's a guy that has been you know he's been out he's got really drunk he's knocked himself unconscious on the boardwalk and he's frozen to death um or or he's given himself alcohol poisoning um and you you work out later whilst you know going through the, the 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 functions of the game and investigating it a bit more that it's it's this woman's husband and you know you you go you go to her apartment to, to tell her that her husband's dead after this whole, you know, really weird thing at the start, where you're just like, "Oh, I want to do a, a you know, a little bit of detecting for you," and you, you find out that there was something going on, and her husband's died, and you, you go in and you tell her, and again, depending on the the, the different points you have put into the different skills, um, will depend on how you inform her, um, but some of the writing around that section when when Harry says, you know, your your husband's dead, and there is a big point on saying you know, the word dead, not beating around it and, you know, trying to say spare her feelings and give her hope. I really liked that. Um and I think a lot of my favourite moments in this game, with that side quest being one of them, comes from the writing. Um and another one that comes up is when you're you're searching for your gun, which is part of the main quest really. Um, but you, you go to the the pawn shop and find out that Harry sold his gun on the night that he was um, on a massive drinking binge um, because he wanted to get rid of his gun and sell it because he, he thought he was going to shoot himself um, if he kept it. And then moments like that in this game that really make you pause, I think. And it isn't often that we find those moments in the games that we've played on this list that I really appreciate and really like. Um, but yeah, that that was my favourite side quest and a little addition about something else I quite liked. But um, yes, what about you?
0: Um. So... There's, there's something about the body, the hanged body, yeah. that is not immediately obvious unless you do, I think, what is a legendary role yeah. uh, at the crime scene and you can discover it and you have a decision to make. You can either cart the body off to downtown, wherever the, the body is stored, or you can hang on to it for a little while and you need to find a fridge. But in the meantime, while you're looking for the fridge, the body is decaying in the backyard, open to the elements, open to the annoying ratty kids throwing stones at it. Scouse, and...
1: Scouse Kuno.
0: Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, and your, your task is to find a fridge. You're given um, some leads. The first lead is the, uh, the owner of the Whirl in a Rags to see if you can use his f- freezer he doesn't like that he won't let you use it you can go to the the shop that's nearby and uh that that freezer is too small um you can try to appease your best friend kuno um and i i got so far down that route and yeah just didn't work anymore and i was the the body was hanging around there this was probably um this may have been day two yeah. Beginning of day two, I was looking for this free, this freezer. And I was thinking, where on earth is this freezer? And it was bo- bothering me. And then I thought, okay, I'm just going to do some other stuff. So I went and did started the uh, the doomed commercial yeah. uh, district thing. To the side of the bookshop. Which is a quest where a lady who owns the bookshop that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. She thinks that the bookshop is haunted. Um, and that there's something going on. And, and there, it turns out there may be a possibility that it is haunted because there are several failed businesses there um but on the top floor of that building was uh, you you see the remnants of all these old businesses and one of the businesses that was there was an old um, ice pop or ice cream um parlor business or something yeah with with a with a large freezer there and i i happened upon this and i thought wow, this is it and then i obviously found this secret with the body but It was that that sense of discovery that was nice and this is a game where talking often gets you where you want to be but sometimes exploring does and just uh, trying different things and you don't always get that in games. The other moment I want to mention is Harrier Dubois face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So very early on in the game, Harry goes to look in the mirror. And he has this disgusting grin, this smirk on his face. Only if you
1: choose to look in the mirror as well, though. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, so you know at the bottom of the screen where you can see... uh, Is it
0: blurred forever?
1: Yeah, so if you don't ever look in that mirror, you actually never find out what his face looks like and it's just this blurry, ghostly thing, which I think is quite a nice touch.
0: Yeah, so you, you go to the mirror, you have a look and you see this smirk and you're trying to wipe this smirk off your face but your skills at that point are probably not going to be high enough to be able to do that so um from the videos that i watched about this game which i watched a few a lot of people seem to have maintained the smirk to the very end but one of the things that i did on day three or maybe no it would have been after the um the militia thing yeah the attack with the shootout yeah yeah so it was back at harry's um apartment and i went in there and i had skills high enough to clear this smirk from my face and i got rid of the smirk i then had a a shave at yeah the new because you can unlock um other hideouts for your character where you can rest yeah and i shaved harry's face got rid of his mutton and, and chops Yeah, and he just looks... Although he looks... One of the things that they do really nicely is they describe his face and they describe his bloated nose and the fact that he looks like a corpse um, of a drowned person, which he he does a bit. And he still does look like that, but the smirk is gone. All of the cartoonishness, the the clown-esque... Thing that he has when he's got the smirk and he's got the mutton chops is gone, and he looks like a person. Um, and I thought that was quite a nice moment.
1: Yeah, they, they make a lot of. Um, they, they talk about the look on his face a lot, don't they? About how it's a very pained expression. Um, yeah. I, I, I've I've never done the the skill check to to wipe the smoke from his face, so I don't know what it looks like. Um, but they're they, they, very they, serious. Yeah, and they say that it's. Um, it's the look that he took on following a famous disco person's yeah. suicide who who hung himself, and he's never been able to wipe that pained expression off his face or something like that. And again, it's
0: such a play thing, something that you'd have in a play. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's 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 small things like that, isn't it? And it's it's very much feels like when you look at these things, it's very much like a, a textual an- analysis um which obviously you and me have done a lot of because that was something that we had to do a lot at uni and then uh, and then subsequently at drama school um which is possibly why we, we, we notice things like this and obviously we're not the only people that do but they they stand out to us um these beats i suppose um Speaking of of the skills that we, we've mentioned them a few times, there are there are four skills that you can put points into, and each skill has four or five different things that you can focus on. So the skills are intellect, psyche, physique and uh, motorics. So the intellect is things like logic, um, you know the the usual things that you would expect then you've got things like psyche which is your things like empathy like how dramatic you are um you've then got physique which again is self-explanatory your strength um you know how fast you are etc and this will give you points in your health and psyche will give you points in your um uh what's the other one uh, health and
0: your your yeah M- morale your, it is your mental
1: yeah your mental capacity basically yeah uh, and then finally you've got the, the motorics which is things like your um basically how how fast you can move and you know if someone was punch you in the face whether or not you're going to get out of the way quick enough um you know stuff like that so i, I wanted to kind of touch on those cause we, we, we talk about them a bit but we've not really gone into much depth and however you will put points into these different areas will really decide how you play the game and how your your, your story goes I, I guess and, and if you'll finish different side quests or if you have the, the ability to do so or not um, I mentioned earlier and you mentioned earlier a couple of times that the different characters in this game um, and I think one of the differences between Disco Elysium in Final Cut and the original release is that a lot of the characters in the original game didn't have voice acting, uh, whereas now pretty much everyone does, I think. Um, so there are a huge cast of characters in this game, each with their own complex morality, consciousness, story behind them. Um, but were there any characters that you wanted to kind of point out as, you know, really. You enjoyed their their story or their writing or or who they were.
0: Um, I liked Titus Hardy. Yeah. Because initially he's painted as this lawless person and actually as the story progresses he turns out to be quite the opposite and it's arguable that um, he's more of a policeman than you and... He says, there's a line... Um, He's right the leader of the, you... uh, the the union workers, yes, for anyone that hasn't correct. played it. And there's a line right after you um, you uncover that his group was not, in fact, behind the murder of this hanged man. Um, and he says, uh, you, you can say to him, oh, um, you're, you're exactly like a policeman. And he says something along the lines of, I, I always knew I was... I was trying to work out if you were, and I just thought it was a really quite poignant line. Um, so I think he's a he's an interesting character. Obviously, Kim Suragi's a, yeah. a good character, very likable. I think he's designed that way. He's he is your he is the good cop to yeah what can Wh- whatever
1: he, the hell you are.
0: Yeah, exactly. Your eccentric disco cop. Um, yeah, and, and I, I know you're going to say um, Kuno, <laughs> yeah. your fave. Um, your little little friend. Uh, uh, <laughs> did you meet Kuno's dad by chance? Yes. Yeah. I've, uh, well, you know, do you know who played him?
1: Well, no, I've never actually met him in terms of um, had conversation with his dad in the game because I always managed to get out there without waking him up. Um, but no, uh,
0: it was Mister Blobby.
1: Ah, yes, of course. I, uh, I had thought of putting a Mr. Blobby reference in regards to The Hanged Man, but uh, you've beaten me to it. Well done. I was going to
0: do it to do with uh, Everard Claire, but...
1: Well, yes, he does look a little bit like Mr. Blobby. Um, quite right. <laughs> uh, any other characters you want to give a shout out to other than obviously Mr. Blobby? Um,
0: I think uh, her name is... Uh, I, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but Clasier. 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 So yeah. I think she's brilliant. I think the voice acting is brilliant. I think her writing is wonderful. Um, and she is the enigma throughout the game. And it, things can end various ways with her. Yeah. There's a lovely bit of dialogue with her where she describes... Uh, sometimes I'm pausing some thinking. Sometimes it's a bit because of uh, a <laughs> dramatic effect. Because quite... Because of to do that, the writing justice. So she describes this... Thing that's coming, and this thing on the horizon, and this spark, and what she's talking about is the revolution, and I love all that stuff, and it's a bit bittersweet in the way that my game ended, in that there was this hope for this revolution, there was this hope from Harrier, there was this hope from her, and a few other characters, and there's the there's the line from. I think it's the hollow man Uh, the world does not end with a bang it ends with a whimper and it kind of felt a bit like that so it was deflating but probably in all the right ways
1: yeah it it sounds like I'm guessing you went down the communist um, thought process route
0: correct yeah
1: it's interesting because not to get political but correct yeah 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 and the first time I played it, I, I went through the communist route. And then the second time I played it, I think I went through the moralist. Um, and this time, I think I got the moralist again. Yeah, I got the moralist again. Um, but it's interesting because each of these um, lines that you go down, i.e. racist, moralist, capitalist or communist, they each end the same and that you kind of realise... They they end end the same in different ways, but they each realise that although you have all of these grand ideas about how things should be, really you can't change anything. Nothing's going to change. Things are going to continue the way that they are. Um, And, you know, with with the racist um, vibe being, well, I can't change anything, so I'm just going to continue internally focusing on myself, i.e. not taking... um, responsibility for my actions and my thoughts and there is uh like you say an overarching theme of a potential additional revolution to come to Revachol but it always leaves you at the end of the game on the the idea of it might happen but it probably won't like things aren't really going to change here um which again is a testament to the writing because it really sets you up to want that for this yeah world if if if, if if you if you have that kind of in the game, that political view of what Harry sees. Um, But Klaasier... It wasn't
0: even that. I'll I'll tell you what it was. It was, for me, I think it's um, wanting something to happen. And it's not that you wanted the tribunal to happen where there's a gunfight in the streets. Yeah. But you want something to happen to this desolate place because the way that it is at the moment is awful. For everyone involved. So, you want something to happen. And the game frames it as a revolution, but it's just the idea that something is happening. And I love the idea that this thing is going to happen without people's involvement. It's like um, an earthquake, or it's, there are tremors at first, and then there's this earthquake, mm. and it's going to happen that way. It's going to be natural and it's going to be um, organic. That's the way it's described, and I don't know that that really struck a chord with me.
1: The um, the, the tribunal is something that I want to come back to uh, because I see the tribunal as acting as a bit of a boss fight, really. Um, and there There's are two boss
0: fights in this game, I think.
1: Yeah, there, there there are two kind of major boss fights that I see in this game, which I'll come on to in a moment. There are probably more. Yeah, yeah, of course, but there are two main ones that I kind of see other than, you know, the conversation that you have at the end with the um, with the killer. Um, but in terms of characters that stand out for me, uh, I agree with you, Clasier is one of the, the, the best written characters in the game, other than Harry, I think, um, because there are just so many elements to her, of her trying to protect the, the hanged yeah. man, uh, a, a mercenary called Lely. Um, and you find out that she's in a relationship with him, whereas... Previously, Titus Hardy and, and his crew say that, that she was sexually assaulted and raped by Lely, whereas she will say that, no, I was in a consensual relationship with him. And you find out at the end of the game, the way that Lely died, he wasn't actually hung um, to, to be killed. He it, it, it Seemingly, he was hung post-mortem um, after he'd been shot whilst having sex with Clazier So he, he dies whilst they're together. Um and you find out that actually she's being tracked across the country because she's a spy, and like you say, you have a couple of decisions that you can make in regards to what happens to her um which will affect you know how the game ends for clazier which I think depending on how you play your your harry um will change differently and the three times i've played it i've got, i've got a different one each time um but yeah. Clasie is a very well written character, like you, like you say. I do like Kuno, um, although he is an absolute characteristic, uh, a caricature. Sorry, of just like a, a street urchin. But the thing with Kuno, and the second time I played the game, I got a very different ending, which I'll go into when we talk about the tribunal. Um, the thing with Kuno is he's he's actually a good kid but he's just been failed by the system and because he's been failed and left to his own devices by his parents by the state, he just hangs around and throws rocks at a dead body and does drugs and has this god complex which when you manage to scratch off and get a good relationship with kuno you see a different side to him um so kuno is up there for me and then i really like Everett claire um and i i watched a you might have watched the same youtube video that it describes claire who is the union boss who is massively corrupt but also you can tell has a lot of love for the people of
0: so what what video did you watch
1: i can't remember um the the name of the channel uh but it's like an hour and 10 minutes long um and yeah, it goes through I the was, different I days think i
0: watched that a bit and i also watched one i i think i've mentioned him before does long form essays Called Noah. Called yeah, yeah, movies. yeah. I've seen that one as well. Yeah. Um, in,
1: in in the very, former...
0: Very political, highbrow stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And this game is, though. Um, but, you know, he mentions that with Claire, he is really the first boss in the game because you go in and you'll immediately lose, lose health when you go and sit down with him because he makes you sit in this uncomfortable chair. And because Claire is a union man, he's effectively a gangster... He he's yeah. so much more intelligent than you, and he will just run circles around you, um, and make he you lose. Knows
0: more than you do. Yeah, he he knows, he knows everything.
1: Yeah. Um, he knows where your gun is, and he knows. Yeah, you know, he can make things happen, and I think Claire's a very well written character. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to focus on on those, and then you mentioned earlier the tribunal. There is a there's a turning point in the game, where I think it's on the fourth day, or maybe the end of the third day. Um yeah it was the end of the third day for me. Yeah where the the tensions in the city have been stoked a lot. because um, obviously there is a union dispute where the workers can't go to work. Um there's the case that someone has been murdered and a company um that does a lot of work in the in the harbor uh, I think like a wild, wild pine company they've sent some mercenaries in to try and end the dispute. Um one of which one of the mercenaries is, is Lely, the the murdered man. So his comrades are still in the area and they're also trying to discover who murdered him so they can exact their revenge. Um, and at the end of the, th- the third day, it comes to a point where they, they've they got impatient with waiting and there's a standoff outside the Whirling and Rags in the town square between the, I think it's three or four mercs that are left and... Um, the, the townspeople seven. primarily the, the yeah. titus's um Titus's gang
0: seven hardy boys
1: and you have to make a lot of decisions in that section as to how you're going to react because obviously you're there as a as a police presence so you you want to try and defuse it but depending on how you've leveled up Harry and his skills will entirely depend on how that plays out um and it, I, the 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 three times I've played it it always ends with with Harry. Uh, being, you know, basically knocked unconscious and you can shoot a couple of the Mercs yourself or maybe Kim will do it. Uh, But the first time I played the game, I managed to shoot one of them, I think, and then got knocked down and then Kim shot the other two. And then I came to in the Whirling and Rags and, you know, I was there with Kim and everything was fine. However, the second time I played it, uh, which I didn't realise could happen, is I think I failed one singular dice roll and Kim got shot. Um, and he I don't think he died from memory because this was when I played it about three months ago but he, he gets taken out and then he's out the game entirely um, so the entirety of the rest of the game is somewhat changed because Kim isn't there as your, as your partner um, and a reason why I like Kuno so much is you wake up in your room and you've been like unconscious for like two days and Kuno's there um, and uh, <laughs> You can... Throwing rocks at you. <laughs> no, he's just like, oh, you're, you're a proper badass. You know, you, you shot them and everything was crazy and it was like, wow. And you then have the option to tell Kuno to just go away and leave you alone. Or you can take Kuno with you and he gets really excited by the fact that he's been given an opportunity to do something. Um, and he starts calling himself Detective Kuno. Um, and uh, he he's the one that travels with you at the end of the game to the island and helps you interrogate the... Um, the, the the veteran on uh that's the, 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 you know the person that, that committed the murder uh and it's funny because at the end of the game you come back over to the to the island and you know you you get debriefed by your, your bosses from the precinct and kuno's there and he's just trying to back you up and he's just like this annoying kid that no one's taking seriously but you can take him with you um t- t- to be put into like this youth program to become a detective um it's it's a very strange ending to the game particularly after i played it kind of like the i'm guessing the canonical way the first time but i like that that's there and i didn't know it was there you know yeah um but yeah there's there's a lot of elements to this game and a lot of different like you say branching paths that it's unlikely I, i didn't think that you and me would ever have the same experience with this game and there's probably some things that you managed to follow through that i didn't maybe um But if we talk about the question of the week um, I had to think about this one a bit because
0: Yeah, it's not easy. No.
1: And the question I've come up with is as thus: So can you think of any other games that are similar to this in terms of the story in terms of the different themes and branching paths that are within it and as well as that if you can think of others or you can't think of others, why do you think it's this one that's been so highly praised? Because like we said, this, if if you're going off the list as it is now, this is number nine in the top 100 games of all time. That's big for a game like this because it's so different. So why, why do you... Firstly, can you think of any other games like this? And secondly, why do you think this one? Why do you think this one stands out and is special?
0: I think this game, when you're playing it, can remind you of a lot of other games. Um... Baldur's Gate being an obvious one. yeah. As you say, sometimes it feels like um, the old adventure games that you used to play because you're running around and you're the, the old point-and-click adventures sometimes. I mean, sometimes I'd get flashes of um, Grim Fandango playing. This yeah, game. 100%. And there are those parallels to be drawn. There's a single game that this game very heavily reminded me of and there's a there's a single reason why I don't think that game is represented on the list so the game that it reminds me of and it, it, it may be a game that I put on my um, 15 games is a game called Kentucky Route Zero right and that game was episodic so from my understanding it released in these episodes but there were years between the episodes coming out and then they finally released the full game. Um, and I think due to its fragmented, very, very fragmented release, um, it, it it's not that it was poorly received, but the freshness of, of those episodes was kind of lost because I think it started nine years before it was finished. Something like that. And that game is about... America, and hence the name Kentucky Route Zero, and uh, about how basically the undercurrents in America, and it's very like a play sometimes, it's very poignant, poetic, real, it's a a great game, and I've not finished it yet, I've been playing it actually for years. (laughs) So, it's one of those games that when I'm away on holiday I'll keep playing, this game reminds me very heavily of that. And the things that this game does well um, are the things that that game does well. I'd say that they they kind of focus on different sides. Um, this game is more political and more logical. That game, I'd say, is a bit more wistful and ethereal, and the themes and that that are there. It doesn't really comment on them, but it presents them and it may have an opinion on them. It's it's a very interesting game. Um so I may I may pick that as one of my 15 games when I when I finally get to the end of it. Um but that game it really strongly reminds me of um but yeah that's the only other one uh, I can yeah. think of. Uh have you got any?
1: No. I I couldn't think of any. Um you know like I said this does give me vibes of, you know, old school point and click shooters. Uh and I agree with you there are times when playing this that I I thought of um Grim Fandango. Um but this really feels like it's one of it one of a kind. It doesn't really fit into any groupings with other games and it's I'd argue one of the most peculiar unique games on the top 100 list. Uh, not you know it's not number 1 in that, you know, it's not the most unique out there game there is, but I think it's up there. Um well, I mean, in terms of why, why do you think this game has been so highly praised, what, what are your
0: thoughts on that? Um, I think this game is the antithesis of Grand Theft Auto, the antithesis of your popular AAA game. Yes. This is the exact polar opposite of that and it represents that and because it's representative of that it's a good game in itself but because it is that voice that voice from the other side the The ancient
1: reptilian brain
0: yeah it it, because it represents that i I think it's more powerful yes yeah and that's to me is why it's very highly regarded
1: yeah i I think i think this game goes to show that you don't always need flashy gameplay and, you know, amazing controls and, you know, superb platforming to make a game that can be so highly rated. Um, You know, I think the writing of this game is what sets it apart from others and the story that it tells. And this is something that we've come back to quite a few times on this, this list, that for me, a game that has a good story is often leagues above games that have just got fun gameplay obviously i enjoy those things but you know in terms of the writing there aren't too many games on this list where i've been like oh the writing was superb and the first one that comes to mind when i think of superb writing on games that we've covered on this list is red dead redemption 2 um and not necessarily all of the characters' dialogue, all of the time, but the way that Rockstar wrote Arthur Morgan and his story really stood out to me. And it, it's the same for uh, the, the developer here. Like I said, I don't know how to pronounce it, Za'um. But the way that they wrote Harry and all of his conflicting thoughts and, you know, deepest secrets. I think are so different from everything that we're used to in video games and even from some movies that it really makes it stand out and I think that's the reason why this game is here. Um, which, we'll, we'll move on to the um, the wrap-up momentarily as that kind of you know leads us quite nicely into that. But one more point I wanted to, to make a note on. We've said that the voice acting in this game is pretty good across the board. What were your thoughts on the music?
0: Yeah, it's good. It's uh, fitting. It's oppressive. It's sometimes light. Um, it sounds very Soviet, yeah. Russia. Um, it's not the music the kind of music I go away and listen to, no. but it's, it's very fitting and atmospheric. So yeah, it's, yeah, for, for the game, it's uh, just right, really.
1: It, it's good music and it fits in with what you're doing because it's there and it's good music. But it's not stuff that you. It, it's not distracting music. Um, which I think is what this kind of game needs. So moving on then to our wrap-up, um, like we've said, with these additional games that have been added to the list since we finalised it in, in April 2020, we're not really counting the places where they lie, it's just the fact that this one sat so high I didn't have to move um, duplicate games out too far to work out...
0: very high ones actually of the uh, new games on yeah. the
1: list. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, the only reason that I worked out where it was is because I didn't have to mess about too much with the duplicates. Because um, yeah. in the top 20, there's you know GTA 5 about four times, GTA 4 a couple of times, Red Dead. Um, so with this being sat really at, at number nine on the list, do you think it deserves to be here?
0: I think it deserves to be on the list. Um, I don't know if it deserves to be as high as it is. I mean when we're talking about the top 10, we're talking over 40-whatever years of of gaming and these are the best 10 games ever made. There are a lot of games with things to say that have been released. Uh, This is one of them. And I don't know if it deserves to be that high, but it definitely deserves to be on the list and I think there's probably some discussion about where it would place. Um, I don't think it's flawless. I think... Sometimes I find the stat stuff and levelling up distracting. Yeah. I think it's stopping and pausing to level up. It's a bit gamey for this sort of game.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: I wonder if there's a way to do it without that. Um, but then you think about the dice rolls and how they're so integral to the game. And I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. I also think the game, I don't find the ending that I got wholly satisfying... Um, not not just because of the revolution thing, even the murder of this person is someone that you never met before. It's just some guy on an island. Um, so if you're looking for a whodunit where you're guessing all the way, this is not. You that. won't get it. No. Yeah, you won't get it unless and you
1: listen to this podcast first.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's there there was a more satisfying conclusion somewhere where for a long time you think that the murderer was on the balcony um, just outside. And I'm not saying that this, the path where Ruby would have been the murderer was the right one, but I don't know. There, there. I feel like there's a more satisfying conclusion to that. I
1: think that's um, probably the point of why it went that way, though. Because this game is one that doesn't... Give you a lot of payoffs for, for things really other than a few humorous dice rolls here and there. This is the kind of game that I think wants to subvert your expectations and you know f- I'd
0: agree with that, but i I, I feel like the false um, the false finishes where it's dropping someone in front yeah. of you suggest that it's a bit more dramatic than it lets on with its oh yeah um, definitely hundred percent yeah so so I, I feel like there could have been a more dramatic ending to it. Um, and the fact that basically it comes down to, Oh, Harry's a good cop. He's going back to be a cop. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It it, 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 is. I don't know. It just doesn't. I think when you, when you, it's a grand story about all sorts of topics. I think that's very hard to wrap up in, in a nice way. Yeah. in In a, in a way that delivers. And I, I feel like it's somewhat delivered, but I don't think it's totally delivered. Um, so I don't think it's perfect, but I'd be very interested to see what that studio does next. Yeah,
1: definitely. I, I think whatever they do next will be interesting, uh, even if it isn't linked with this game. Um, I, Where I sit with this game is, I've, I've played this twice before. Uh, we played it for the podcast. And I... I like this game a lot. I agree with you that it isn't flawless, um, but I think it definitely deserves to be in the list. And I'd say that I'd I'd agree that maybe it doesn't deserve to be in the top ten, but it deserves to be in the top twenty-five. Um,
0: yeah, I'd be happier to to go there.
1: Yeah, and I think there are some games that like leave you after you finish playing. I'm like, wow, like that was that was an experience. Like, I I like that, and it makes you think. And this is one of those games for me. Um, I'd probably go as far to say that this is one of my favourite games that we've played um in the last, you know, three and a bit years. Um, did it leave
0: you as raw as The Last of Us Two? It did not, no. No, it didn't it didn't leave me as raw either. That game left me very raw for no. some time <laughs> and
1: I I I wanna go back and play that game. Um but I, I still, you know, two, two or whatever years it is on, I still don't
0: have it in me to do so. I think that game was actually probably better than... And I, and I know that we both very much enjoyed that game, and I thought it was better than the first game, personally. Yes. Um, I think it's probably even better than that, because if a game can make you feel that raw... I think um, I may have touched on this in, in the episode, it's a long time since we recorded that episode, but if a game can leave you feeling that raw, there's something special about it. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, obviously a story for a different time.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. This game didn't leave me feeling raw, but it did leave me with thoughts in my head, I think. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've made no secret that one of my favourite games that I've played so far on this list and one of my biggest surprises was, was Persona 5 Royal. Um, but I'd probably put this up there. Maybe not as high as Persona 5. But I did really enjoy this game a lot. And um, Is
0: it your biggest surprise? Or is no. Persona 5 still your biggest surprise? No,
1: no, no. Because I, I, knew, I knew about this game before I played it. And I knew that a lot of people had a lot of time and respect for it. So I wasn't surprised. But I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, which, you know... I. I was expecting to like it, but not as much as I did. Um, But no, Persona Persona 5 still holds that title. But yeah, um, to anyone that hasn't played it, that hasn't been put off by the amount of spoilers that we've gone over, probably should have said at the start, if you want to play this game, go and play it and then listen to us. Um, But it's a game worth playing and it's a game worth experiencing because you're probably not going to have the same experience that me or you have had. Um, No, not quite. And, yeah, I, I think it's worth your time. And I think it's it's worth a look, especially if you can get it on offer. Just
0: bear in mind that there's a lot of dialogue. It's very yes. dialogue heavy. And some of it is very heavy dialogue. Um, yeah. So bear that in mind. If that's what you're looking for, um, I think you'll find it really satisfying. 100%. If you're not into that, then maybe not.
1: Quite. So I, I don't really know what our movements are going to be for the next few weeks. Because obviously I'm I'm going away next week, um, and I come back the following Tuesday. I could probably fit in a small game if there is a small game for us to play between yeah, now and do, next
0: Tuesday. We can do Tetris because we did plan. I mean, we didn't even say that we deviated from our plan, did we? No, we just did something
1: different. It's because it's get this listener to play Tetris. Effect Tetris came out in like 1988 or something. They want thirty pounds for me to play Tetris. I think it's 35 unbelievable I'm, I'm going away i can't afford 35 pounds on tetris unbelievable uh, absolutely outrageous alexi pagetnov needs to have a day off and cheapen his game a bit i reckon outrageous
0: it's on sale anywhere now but that, i think i think that might be an option
1: all right we'll we'll have a look um and we'll see what is possible before uh next week Um, we'll get back to
0: you listener yes Um, watch this space
1: so hopefully there will be an episode next week um or something that we can put out that's nice and quick we we did say that april will be a bit of a funny one anyway yeah Uh, so we appreciate you bearing with us but yes as usual if you want to reach out to us you can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com we're on social media usually at the long short of it podcast Um, and i found out on spotify if you are a spotify listener that you can engage in like these little polls and little question things with each episode which i'll probably put one together for for disco elysium
0: oh nice
1: um so if you want to do that do you like this game do you like this game yes or yes you have selected
0: no is kuno the best sidekick that's right should Mr Blobby have made a special appearance <laughs>
1: do you know what I just thought of then it's a really obscure reference that I don't know if you'll get let alone the listener do you remember you used to watch The Simpsons didn't you yeah you remember the episode with um, Bone Saw or whatever it was that game that Bart yeah, yeah. steals and instead for Christmas he gets Lee Carvalho's putting challenge yeah. and there's a bit at the end it's like um, ball is in parking lot do you want to play again you have selected no and i i don't know why i just thought of the yes or no do you like disco elysium you have selected no <laughs> ball is that in That should be the way
0: you phrase it. that's
1: right ball is in parking lot would you like to try again you have selected power Your drive winner. but alas before we go down any rabbit holes of nostalgic 90s simpsons episodes uh that is all from me today is there anything else from you No, that's it from me. Very good. You have selected no. We will see you soon, I think, uh, for our next episode. And in the meantime, take care. Cheerio.
0: See you on the next one.